once you cut it, it doesn't grow back. So you have to be careful. But um, I've just looked at like YouTube tutorials on how to cut hair. And what's funny is that since I do it so often now, like like the bangs in this wig, I cut the bangs because it's hard to find a, like a lace front with bangs. Anyways, and um, I've grown so good at it that I actually cut my friend's hair now, which is kind of funny. And they call oh, it salon. Funny. They call it salon MB and BMC because of the right initials. And so, because I, I usually do their makeup, I cut hair, I style them. It's a whole process. It's a whole thing. Welcome back to the Very Nearly Almost podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sullivan. I have a guest that is from a very glamorous location. I am talking this week with Alopecia Queen, Mary Blanche Castanier. She is coming all the way from Paris doing this interview, you guys. Marie is incredible. We met through the alopecia support group that I lead. She is a student and she's 21 years old and she has been dealing with alopecia for a long time and she is something of a wig expert. She always has like the best tips and tricks, but she also opens up in this episode about what it really is like to be a young woman specifically and a young woman navigating the college years with alopecia areata and You know, I wanted to do this episode in the fall because so many of you lovely humans are in school, but school can be a really tough time because it's like you're meeting new people, you're seeing people that you used to know, and you're navigating that uh, all-consuming identity thing. So check it out. Thank you, Marie, so much for joining me from Paris. It is 5 p.m. your time right now. So I really appreciate you taking the time to circle up and have this conversation. We met through the alopecia support group that I lead. We did. um, And I love that it has reached as far as Paris. You are born and raised in France. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit about that and tell me about when you first started losing your hair. Yeah, so thank you for having me. Slightly nervous, my first like podcast, but you know. Um, so, so for you. yes. Um, so it all started so in when I was in middle school, I think I was around 13. And um, one thing to know is I used to have really thick hair. Like it's known as kind of like French hair. So it was like dark brown. And it was actually always one of the things people would compliment me on. So that was like, you know, because that's kind of like a chubby kid, not always the most confident, especially living in France, where um, a lot of the other girls are very skinny and French. Mm-hmm. And so I arrived as this like French American girl who kind of looked different and I didn't speak language, mm-hmm. but I eventually adapted and all that was fine. You know, I, I speak, I'm fully bilingual now, all good. Um, so, but then, so the one thing I did have was my hair. And, but when I was 13, I was taking a shower, like, you know, just one night getting ready for school next day. And I walk out and my brother like saw the back of my head or something. And he's like, oh, there's like, you know, like, like everyone says when they talk about that alopecia story, like, oh, there's like a spot the size of like a 20 cent coin at the back that was like bald. And I was like, I freaked out. I was like, what? What do you mean? And I run to my mom, like, what's going on? She looks and she's like, oh yeah, there's like something back there. Like what? We don't know what this is. 
And but I didn't really think much of it because as I said, it's so much hair that like once it dried, like I couldn't see anymore. So I was like, okay, like strange, whatever. My mom said, we'll just go see a dermatologist. And I got to the dermatologist and she was not great as a lot of them <laughs> are when it comes to dealing with this. They don't really know what it is. And she tried to convince my mother I was pulling out my hair from like stress. Ooh. And my mom was like, um, I don't think so. Like that doesn't really sound like her. And I was telling her like, I no, I don't like, I really don't. And then they tried to tell me it was like a fungus. Like, so wow. I was just like, so I was like, oh, okay. Like, thank God, maybe the, you know, it'll like grow back and I won't think much of it. And, um, but actually my mom's like, well, you know, your grandfather had alopecia, which is something I never knew because his whole life he always wore wigs and he had a whole process, which I never knew about because he's also like an old Irish man. So there's a, he's a very nice guy, but not very emotional, you know, like we wouldn't have like deep combos. It was mostly my grandmother that like took care of that. Um, but so I just always thought he had hair and I was like, and you know, because he used to actually like even like change out the colors throughout his life. And he had like a specific wig maker and like he would go like, you know, he went gray and like different colors of gray. It's a whole mm. process I didn't know about. And so when she's telling me this, I was like, oh no, <laughs> that's not like something that maybe it's happening to me. It could be mm-hmm. genetic. And um, so, yeah, that's what it turned out to be. I also had alopecia and, um, but I was lucky compared to a lot of other stories I've heard because it didn't all happen at once because mm. I think because I, I had so much hair um, and it was, I think it was over the course of a year before I was like fully bald. So at the beginning, you know, I could hide it with a hair clip. I had little hair clips I'd wear like on top and like, you know, and then eventually that wasn't enough. And um, my mom started making me little like headbands. Uh, oh. she, cause she's a seamstress. So she used to make little headbands that like would cover, you know, the top of my head. And honestly, it's crazy to me because when I like think back, I just remember like not even thinking about it that much and just wearing my headbands and like going on with my life. Even at some point, like I couldn't even have hair, like, you know, I had like some hair at the bottom to make it look like nothing was going on underneath. Mm-hmm. And even when that left, I just kept on wearing those headbands and like went along, you know, with my life. And I was at school and I was actually very like sporty. Well, I mean, I wasn't that sporty, but I did, I did fencing. Um, I used to do tennis. I did dance. I did a lot of things. Like didn't really impede my life that much, I would say. And I'm also very lucky looking back that no one in like college or high school had anything bad to say. You know, I didn't experience what unfortunately a lot of people experience with alopecia where, you know, someone would like rip off the headband or like rip off my wig or like something really traumatizing. (laughs) So I'm actually, you know, glad of that. And I don't, I don't know exactly why that never happened because I wasn't with particularly nice people. I mean, they were fine, uh, but I wasn't. I don't, I don't keep any close friends from that period. Like even when I go back, and they're all still in the same town. I mean, I don't catch up with anyone. Um, but there's one thing like positive about it is that no one, you know, no one bothered me about it. So, which maybe it's just like, like I think I'm just also just I have a resting bitch face and I'm you know I am an actually kind of scary person uh not really it's like a but, separate episode we can do like that's, that's I'm, separate episode. I'm and uh, I have alopecia and resting bitch face. yeah so and I just like you know I just got along with like a lot of people and I was always you know from the beginning I actually the people I was in like middle school and high school with were the same people I was in primary school with so they know me my whole life and like because it's a small town and there's only like two high schools so um you know and that's one thing I am I do actually count myself very lucky for because I hear a lot of stories like 
you know, on your podcast and, you know, just like online when I'm looking at, you know, different like testimonies. And that's something I think that if it happened to me, it would make me hate my alopecia a lot more um, than I do now. So, you know, that's one thing I'm so happy about, but yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And that I, obviously, like I said, we met through the alopecia the support, support group yeah. and you at the time were attending school at Columbia. So you were here in mm-hmm. New York. Um, and then yeah. you're like, I'm from the South of France. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> cool. Now you're back in Paris yeah. getting your master's. What yeah. a baller. Um, and I, I really wanted to interview you because you are, I'm 30, you're 21. Mm-hmm. Um, I find you to be so well adjusted in your alopecia. And I know that's like your twenties yeah. is that's a really tough time. And I'm curious, um, what maybe surprised you the most about dealing with your hair loss? Did you notice any sort of differences between being in New York City versus being in France? Not really, because it's just something I've always dealt with, per, like, on my own, you know what I mean? So it, no matter the country, it was just, you know, my issue, and I just dealt with it, you know, the way I always have. And luckily, as I've said, in my personal life, like, my friends, um, have always been super supportive and Mm. you know and but that was something I actually started in college was when I started actually being open about it Mm. which was one of the biggest changes for me in dealing with my alopecia um because in high school as I said like I think people knew um because I used to wear those headbands and like you could tell like there's no (laughs) there's no hair going on under there um and and then I started wearing wigs when I was like um the year before high school, my mom took me to go get my first wig and I just, I really liked it. And I was like, oh, you know, this makes my life so much easier because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I didn't have to, you know, deal with it. And, um, and then I, and then in high school, I started wearing bright red wigs, which I still do, which is a bit of a choice. Uh, so it was like, it wasn't anything I was keeping too secret and um, which maybe I should have been more open about it. Cause actually you know, some people told me they used to think I had cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was surprising. It was like something I didn't even think about until I was out of high school and I was talking to one of my high school friends during the summer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, we kind of all thought you had cancer. But I was like, okay. And no one came up to me, asked me if I was okay. Like, this is what I'm saying. They weren't great people in my high school. So they just thought I was having chemo and no one was going to ask me about it. But um, when I got to college, um, I still am wearing the bright red wigs. And it was still something... Like if someone asked, I might, I would say, yes, this is a wig, but that would freak me out. Like the possibility of someone like clocking me mm. for my wig was like a stress. Cause I used to, you know, I, I'm actually quite like, I got quite good at the wigs, like lace fronts. Yes. And, and it just, I've always been naturally like girly person anyway. So I like all the, you know, all the hair and makeup stuff. And so I, I make it look the most natural possible so that no one would, you know, and actually the first people. I actually remember this the other day. It's kind of funny. The first person that like clocked me for my wig um, when I got to college was the very first like bar night they had. And I was walking to it kind of lost. Like it's a new city. I was in Hans in the north of France. And it was actually like a homeless person. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like a guy, you know, like one of those creepy guys here on the street was talking to me and I'm like, oh, I have somewhere to be. I have to go. And then I, I just remember this the other day. And then he was like, oh, is that a wig? And I died inside. I was like, oh my God, no. And then so I lied to him. I was like, no, 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 it's not. And then he's like, oh, we never know with women these days. Blah, blah. Oh, and I was like, oh my God, kill me now. Oh. Um, but anyways, uh, so that was an experience. And then I started making friends and it was all good. Like it didn't really come up in conversation. Like, you know, mm-hmm. nobody cared, which is a big thing that 
I think as people with alopecia, we don't know, we, we think it's such a big thing because it is to us. Mm-hmm. But when you start opening up to people, you realize how much people really don't care, like what's mm-hmm. going on with your head. Like it's, you know, and so, and a girl, like I started to become friends with, so she wore wigs and um, like one day we're like this, like, you know, integration week barbecue thing. And she was like, oh, I love your, yeah, I love your wig. And so for like, I took a pause. I was like, oh no. I was like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. And then I don't know what clicked inside me. I was like, okay, you know what? Like I'm 18 now. I'm in college. Like I don't care anymore. Like this is just, mm. I don't want to have this secret anymore. It's just tiring. You know, it's just like, right. it, it's just exhausting. Like, you know, even if it's not, I not physical exhaustion, like, you know, it doesn't have that many medical side effects. Like it's tolling mentally. And so I just, I don't know what happened. I was just like, oh yeah, thank you so much. Like, you know, it's, it's a new wig, whatever. And so then that's how I progressively like just started talking mm-hmm. to people about it. Mm-hmm. It's not something even now that I'll, like bring up like when I first meet someone I'm not gonna be like oh like my name's Envy and I wear wigs sure but eventually it always kind of comes up just because also I wear bright hair colors and so people will be like where do you get your hair done like it's it's so great blah 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 and then I like I usually just say oh well you can buy it if you want like I can send you a link amazing and then people are like what like even the grocery store had this woman who's like persistent like as I was buying my like food And she was like, I love your hair. Where do you get it done? Blah, blah, And I was like, oh, like, okay, I don't know you. I don't want to go into this with you. But I was just like, yeah, it's not mine. And she's like, oh, that's so amazing. Maybe I'll buy one. Like people are just a lot more open than you you think they are, you know? Yeah, no, thank you for pointing that out because it's so true. It's like once you, like you said, like if someone clocked you, you'd be kind of nervous Mm -hmm. about that. But then that one particular woman, because she had experience with wigs, um, Mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's just the way people ask can really comfort you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And normalizing the way we talk about it. Cause yours, your wigs are so gorgeous. Like you take such, they look so natural. They're such fun colors. Like you rock a wig and I definitely Mm -hmm. want to ask you more in depth about like wig tips. Cause I am not a wig. And I know yes. that you want to know, and you are the guru, but the first, th- the thing I want to ask you before about that is, um, you know, being a college student, um, mm-hmm. I find that the younger generation is so much more accepting of Definitely, differences. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's amazing, but I'm sure being a college girl, like going through alopecia, like that also certainly comes with challenges. Do you mind sort of speaking yeah. on like the pluses and minuses of that experience specifically in college which is such a formative social time yeah well having this during my formative years of my life I think it was actually a positive for me Hmm. yes it sucked like I I, because preparing this podcast I was like kind of thinking about my alopecia story and Hmm. I was thinking back to losing my hair in middle school like yes it really sucked but I'm kind of happy it happened during a time where I was shaping who I am and like mm. figuring myself out rather than later in life when I was like 50 and I spent my whole life with hair and I was just I was thinking like how hard it must be you know mm. to have gone through your whole life as a certain you know mm-hmm. see yourself in the mirror in a certain way all of a sudden you just don't look like that anymore um and so same with being a girl in college now I'm pretty, you know, I've had it for years, I have my wigs and you know, but then there's certain situations where we've talked about like dating, for example, because mm-hmm. being a college girl, it's such a big thing. Like 
you know, with our friends, like everyone's like talking about their hinge experiences and, mm-hmm. you know, just, it's something fun. Like I participate yeah. in it, like, you know, Good. it's fun to talk about with your like friends and whatever. Right. But then you always have that, like in the back of your mind of being girl in a wig of be like, Oh, like <laughs> when it comes down to it, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I hate that this is a thing I have to deal with and I can't just be as carefree as my friends. Mm. Like it, it is something you think about. Like I have thought about when they're, you know, their problems. Sometimes I have a hard time relating to their issues, like mm-hmm. because it's it seems so minor, which sounds sure. horrible to say because it's not true. Everyone experiences difficulties in their lives that they have to combat in one way or another. But I've had a couple of times where, especially my best friend or you know other close friends, where their issues are like oh, I gained two pounds mm. or like, like I'm feeling fat. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, one, she isn't. Um, but mm. I just, sometimes it just made me mad in a way that I know is irrational because it's, you know, that's her body image issues. And, and you know, sure. but I'm just, sometimes I think like, yeah, but at least you don't have to glue on your hair every day. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't have to think about if I sleep with a man, will it come off? Or like, will he be freaked out or, you know, there's like some things that sometimes, even though I am very well adjusted with it, you know, you don't always have confidence hundred percent of the time, which, you know, then it's something that really comes and goes. So you just have to, you know, when it goes, you just have to, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, have a bit of like a self-care day, um, which I'm getting better at. And so, you know, it's just, you know, those kind of difficulties. Thank you for speaking so candidly about that because it's true. It's like, you know, we all have anxiety, I think, with dating Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it's if we put a lot of excitement or stock into something like we care about it. And so we Mm -hmm. do care about how it turns out casual or whatever it is. And um, yeah, it's you're right. It's like this extra thing that we worry about that has no we have no control over it. And Mm -hmm. so um, do you mind sharing? Have you had any sort of like positive experiences or experiences that like stood out to you with um people being receptive about your alopecia because I certainly have um but I've also certainly had the opposite as well so in high school as I said like I mean one I was just going through the process of losing my hair and I just had other things on my mind Mm -hmm. especially applying to like quite competitive school um I ended up going to in college it was like it was a whole process so I had a lot going on and there were any that there were any men I was interested in, to be honest. Uh, tell it. <laughs> just tell it like town, it is. Tall town. Uh, nobody was that hot there. So <laughs> I was just like, okay, I don't really have to deal with this issue right now. It's not a pressing problem. So we'll just forget about it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, it's not, like, you know, there, some of them were very nice. I just wasn't interested in dating them. And um, But then getting to college, you kind of, I think everybody kind of goes through like, oh, I'm going to have this like, college experiences like mm-hmm. sexual renaissance kind of, you know we've yeah. all watched like gossip girl and like all those shows so I was kind of thinking oh like this is gonna happen for me yeah. and then I got there and I was like no it's not like <laughs> I was like Ooh. um you know just lack of options and I think I still had that block in my mind of like like I don't I don't I don't know how to deal with this like I, I don't know how to deal with dating in general because I've never done it and two as a woman, like a bald woman, like it's, it adds an extra layer of stress that I think, um, in general keeps me from like fully going into the dating scene. Sure. Um, 
But anyway, so then I got to Columbia and like New York and I was like, oh, this is it for me. And then it wasn't, Uh, (laughs) you know, Uh, and then I dated like a couple of times, but no one like too interesting. I think I also, it's not even just the hair loss. It's also, I think my standards are a bit too high, uh, which my friends have come at me for, but uh, I maintain them, you know, I I stand by them. Um, But yeah, so I did uh, a year ago. I don't. I don't know how TMI the podcast can go. Uh, it's not, I'm not whatever going to full detail. Whatever yeah. you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no. So like a year ago, I did end up meeting a guy who had some red flags I should have seen, but I chose not to. And it was like kind of a summer thing. So it's like you know whatever. Like he's nice enough. I deserve to have fun. Like I, I, I finally feel comfortable in in this like Mm -hmm. I don't know why that was the moment but I was like okay this is it and so I decided to lose my virginity to that man and that part was great and it was fine love that for you but what was good is that I realized I didn't even think about my hair once during the whole thing yeah because I mean I was still wearing my wig you know Mm -hmm. but I I knew I didn't want to marry this man I didn't have a whole like reveal and like it was it was okay like for what it was like I was like I just gonna keep my hair on and I actually I don't yeah I didn't think about it which is crazy like thinking back on it because I always thought that when it happened I'd be like oh my god sure. can you see my lace is my hair like shifted you know like something crazy sure. um but I ended up just wearing a silk scarf <laughs> over it as extra protection I remember going on the date being like okay, I'll just wear one of my silk scarves over it. It was raining anyway. So he'll just think it's like an accessory and it's fine. Yes, styling. Yeah, which, you know, you do whatever you can to make yourself comfortable. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I when it happened, I didn't even have the time to like take off the scarf. It wasn't a question. Let's just leave it at that. It didn't come up. So I just, you know, left it on mm-hmm. and that part was fine. And um, and then it ended before the topic ever came up, to be honest. It didn't last very long. He was a bit cuckoo chew. Uh, I was, you know, I got out of that situation fast. And then uh, that was only a year ago. So since then, like, I, the thing is, being a college student, you're busy anyways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd go out, meet some people. But, you know, but that is still something like now I'm in Paris. And my friends are like, we're in Paris. We have to date these Frenchmen. I'm like... I would, but it's always like, that's something I do have to get over, but I, it is something I think about like, ugh, cause I can go on a date or two and that's fine, but eventually it'll come up. And I'm also just like, I don't, I don't want to go into this with someone who's mm-hmm. not going to be in my life for a long time. Cause sure. it's such a personal like thing for me right. that it just, it's like, so like emotionally exhausting for me to like, have to like explain it in such an intimate situation that I'm just like, uh, it better be the right person, guy mm. or girl, uh, like that, you know, I just, because I know that if it goes badly, that might set me back. So <laughs> that is something I'm like, it really has to be the right person for me to get into it with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and I know I'm happy we're talking about this because being a like 21 year old girl, a lot of the alopecia like dating stories are just like stories in general don't go into that like the more Mm -hmm. dating aspects even like sexual aspects because you know something general people it's not something you talk about with random people you know I get that but I think it is important to talk about because a lot of girls you know they just don't know what to do because you know it's so confusing to date anyways and then you have this extra obstacle 
and you try to like I know I've looked up on when I was like growing up probably like 14 15 I look up like alopecia dating stories online you know and read through the testimonies and just be like even if it's like sad to like no that's not sad to say but just seeing that other women had dated successfully with alopecia when I like it's something that especially sometimes you could feel like it's it's such a thing that makes you not unlovable because I do you know have a lot of self-confidence and I I, I do think I'm pretty and like that's fine that's you know that's okay or but yeah but sometimes you have those down days where you're like sure you know like I don't want to have to deal with this anymore like I'm so over it um so I look up these testimonies and be like oh you know it has worked out for some people so Mm -hmm. it will work out for me and now honestly I know that hair is like if it's if I realize if someone rejects you because of your hair they're probably a shitty person and and it is it's a good way to filter out those like shitty people out of your life so yeah yeah thank you for speaking so candidly about your experience Mm -hmm. and that because it's you're right it's something that I think like having trying to have sex with a wig on like it's I I would not know how to navigate that because (laughs) I and that's I feel like that's a perfect segue into me asking you about all of your wig secrets because but but I I do appreciate you speaking so candidly about that because I know that's not easy to do and it's it's true it's Mm -hmm. like I am someone who puts myself out there in dates and I feel very Mm -hmm. confident in my alopecia and it's it's you know I feel comfortable just kind of going as is and well the turban's so cute I love the little turban today yeah I have my hair in a bun because Sunday but um I was like oh my little headband it's giving like chic newborn baby boy (laughs) like this little (laughs) no chic I think it's a chic French French woman kind of look that's a huge compliment coming from there you go Parisian woman Lindsay (laughs) <laughs> the Parisian woman that was a play on Broadway with Uma Thurman and yes um but it's yeah I've definitely left dates or I've had experiences where I haven't heard back from a guy and I'm like is mm-hmm. this why it's really easy to not do this but I urge you because we're on a, you're on a date it's so easy to be like trying to see yourself through the other person's eyes mm-hmm. and like you're kind of thinking of that, like in some, especially if you have alopecia in some ways, like the mm-hmm. whole time, instead of actually like trying to get to know the other person and trying to just be like, I'm seeing myself through the lens of like who I am. And so, um, yeah, well, it's like, like you said, you, you felt comfortable to do that with that guy. You felt comfortable when that woman mentioned your wig and you're like, yes, it is a wig. Yeah. And so it's like, there's no mathematical equation. It's like, we are ready to take steps in our life when we are ready. So, Definitely. um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I know that's not easy to do. So thank you so much. I think a lot of people can echo that and I think it'll mm-hmm. validate a lot of us <laughs> ladies. Um, so I definitely want to ask you about the wig tips because your wigs okay, are fierce. Go for it. Um, where do they come from? What is like okay. what is the deal with keeping them secure? Like tell yeah. me everything. Yeah, this is actually something I'm so happy to share because as I well, my first wig. Um, we kind of fell into the trap of getting like a medical wig or it wasn't a medical wig. It was, we went to a salon in Bordeaux with this woman, woman who was like a wig specialist and it did have a bit of lace in the front and it was a human hair blend, but it cost, I know it cost my dad like 400 euros, like something really, which is not even that expensive for human hair wigs, but you know, and it was, it was okay, but it wasn't the most natural wig you've ever seen. 
Um, and it was slightly itchy, and but I'd wear it every day just anyways, because I couldn't imagine going out ball. But, uh, and then eventually I just started like researching online and I started looking at YouTube, like YouTube tutorials are the best, you know, like wig reviews, how to cut your lays, different wig glues to you. So that's mostly where I found all my wig knowledge. And, um, so my next wig, I realized, okay, I want a full lace wig. Because I started learning the terms. So I was like, I want a full lace wig with human hair. And I would buy them online and, you know, but they were like also around 400 euros. And I used to get them colored at my mom's like hairstylist. She used to color them red for me. Wow. And, um, but eventually I was like, okay, this is kind of stupid. Uh, this is too expensive for, you know, what it, what, what it is. And um, I realized that synthetic wigs usually just look as natural as human hair if you get the right ones, mm. which is something I feel like a lot of women alopecia get stuck in that like medical wigs or like I need to have human hair wigs and like you just spend a lot of money when you don't have to so I'm like a full supporter of the synthetic wigs as long as you I would say as long as you always get lace front do not go for the non-lace front with bangs or like a hard front because Mm. it just doesn't look good Mm. uh in my opinion because it just it I mean, if you like it, go for it. But I know I just feel so much better. It's so much more comfortable with the lace in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, because a lot of complaints I hear from women that are bald and can't wear wigs, they're like, oh, it's like super itchy and I can't spend, you know, I can't go a whole day with it when I've actually gone like two days with it, with it on if I sleep over at a friend's house or something and I just yeah. don't have glue with me or something. Um, so I would say lace makes it a lot more comfortable um actually and getting a ventilated cap too can help because you know you have more like air going through it you mm-hmm. know especially in the summer because I w- I wear my w- wigs to the beach um you know and really hot days and I honestly I mean sometimes yes it's annoying but most of the time I just kind of forget they're on my head um so I don't think about it that's how you want to feel. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I'm, I'm actually so lucky because I know some women, they just can't because they get irritation or something. So that's one thing I've always, I know I recognize I'm just really lucky with that. And, um, so yeah, the lace fronts is a must synthetic and also synthetic. You get a lot of like more fun, like wig color options. So, you know, if you're more, you know, on the funky side, you could get that. And uh, another tip, which I've shared in the group multiple times, I feel like I just sponsored this woman. You should. Uh, I should be sponsored by her. So I, because eventually, so I would get them on Amazon and then I eventually went to Etsy. And for a birthday, like a year and a half ago, I went to a new like look. And so I went Etsy and there's this woman called the Wig Witch uh, who was in Long Island. So it was perfect for me when I was in New York. And she actually would do, she did a custom wig for me and for $150, like that's crazy for a custom wig and it looks great. Like I, and so I stand by her forever. Um, yeah. And, uh, so I'm actually going to buy a new wig soon Ooh. from her. Yeah. So even, uh, the, the one I wore this summer was more like a blonde kind of ginger. Yeah, I remember moment. it was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was because I saw her pictures of like Nicole Kidman and Practical Magic. That was the inspo, and she's and she was so excited, and she's very nice. Like she'll respond to your messages immediately, 
And um, so, yeah, especially if you're in America, I'd like really recommend um, going on there. Mm-hmm. And what other tip can I have? Oh, for wig glue. Yes. Tell me uh, about the glue. Yes. <laughs> because that's a, that was a big trial and error for me. Uh, I used to use this glue I got like on AliExpress, uh, which smelled bad, but it worked. Like it would stay all day. But now um, I, I actually use wig glue that's in a spray can. And so I just like spray it along the hairline once like waited like to get tacky I use like a like a handheld fan I just fan myself 30 seconds and then um, I put on a second layer and then I just press down the lace and it's great because it lasts all day and um yeah and it's super washable because I the glue I used to use especially when you have a lace front you have to be careful because it can get ripped you know like you could rip the lace and so when I didn't know what I was doing, I wasn't that careful. And so I just like pull off the like glue that would be on there once I ripped my wig off at the end of the day. And it's not great. But this one is really, it comes off of water. So it's a lot more gentle with the wigs. And yeah, so that's most of my tips. Oh, and also to wash them, which is important. I usually do like once every two weeks. Or if I do, because I do Pilates and stuff. So if it's yes. kind of gross, I'll do it. Well, that's a new journey I'm on. That's I, I say this as if I've been doing it for years. It's been a month it's been a month um but so I would wash them like once every two weeks just in the like in the bathroom sink and Mm. I actually use dish soap like dawn dish soap Mm. dawn dish soap and if it's really gross this is from the wig witch that was her tip um it's using baking soda in the water with the Uh dawn dish soap yeah and I just let them air dry just like hang it up on my shower head and that's about it yeah. And then I just style them. I cut and style them myself. So you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I know some women bring them to a hairstylist, but honestly, I find that kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather have more full control on it, uh, over it because, mm-hmm. you know, it costs some money. So I'm like, oh. once you cut it, does it grow back? So you have to be careful. But um, I've just looked at like YouTube tutorials on how to cut hair. And what's mm-hmm. funny is that since I do it so often now, like like the bangs in this wig, I cut the bangs because it's hard to find a, like a lace front with bangs. Anyways. And um, I've grown so good at it that I actually cut my friend's hair now, which is kind of funny. And they call oh, it salon. Funny. They call it salon MB and BMC because of the right initials. And so, I because I usually do their makeup, I cut hair, I style them. It's a whole process. It's a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, so I cut them, and um, you can even like you can curl synthetic wigs. Um, you know, usually they're heat safe up to a certain amount you know you have to be careful to not fry it off but uh the one thing i do use is rollers just like velcro rollers and steam you steam them with like a a steamer for clothes and uh there's a bunch of yeah there's a bunch of youtube tutorials on it like i I learned it from like drag queens on youtube like this is not this is not something i made up uh but yeah you just steam it and it's a lot more gentle on the hair and the curls stay for like at least a week so I don't spend that much time on it. I do on a Sunday and it lasts all week. So yeah. MB from Perry. This has been (laughs) so insightful. I appreciate how confident and candid and also like vulnerable you've been in this Mm -hmm. conversation. Um, Thank you so much for joining me for the VNA podcast. Um, I I just, again, I so appreciate your vulnerability and I know Mm -hmm. it's going to help a lot of people. I always learn wig tips from you every time (laughs) we talk and I don't even wear wigs. Not yet, girl. Someday probably, but, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be able to like participate in the conversation from, you know, the point of view of a young girl, you know, a young college girl. Yes. Uh, Cause I, well, you know, I don't know everything, but I feel like, you know, over eight years, I have learned quite a bit. 
And even though I do come off as a confident person, it's good to know that everybody has their off days when they're dealing with this because, you know, it's such a personal and emotional thing. So I'm glad I could be honest about my experience. So thank you so much lady thank you thank you so much for listening very nearly almost was conceived created hosted written produced and edited by me Lindsay sullivan follow at very nearly almost or at lynn sully 1021 that's a double s in there for updates on the pod and much more Kelsey Logan created the gorgeous music with Chef's Kiss Music Production by Colin Coogan. The incredible logo art was created by graphics wizard Ryan Casey and inspired by photographer extraordinaire Caitlin McNaney. You can check the art out right next to the subscribe button. As the kids say, I'd hit that. See you next time.